Hello and welcome to College Admissions with Mark and Anna. Each week we talk about different college admissions topics and answer those tough questions you may be dealing with concerning getting into the college of your choice. We know how stressful this process can be, so each episode we try to make it easier to navigate. Now, here are your hosts, Anna Wren and Mark Hofer. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the College Admissions Podcast with your co-hosts, Anna Wren and... Mark Hofer. Hi, Anna. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm good out here in rainy Seattle today. Uh, we got we got sunshine over here. Um, but we actually are really excited because we also have a special guest. We have Frederick Van Hoon, who is the co-founder of Absolute Internship and has been ranked among the top 25 young entrepreneurs in Sweden. Although he's not there right now, so we're going to talk about that. Um, he's also uh, the host of the podcast Fika with Rice and a jujitsu geek. So welcome to the show, Frederick. Thank you very much, Anna. Thank you very much, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Like I said, tell us a little bit about yourself. Students like to know where people got to where they are today. So yeah. if you could give us your brief life story, that would be awesome. Absolutely. Um I was born and raised in Sweden, and for those that are listening and then they can't see me right now, I don't look very Swedish. Uh, my parents are from Cambodia, and uh, in Sweden, there's not a lot of immigrants. Uh, when I grew up, I think we were two or three Asian children at school. I was one of them. The, the rest, they were adopted. So um, that's the way I grew up in Sweden. Um, the, none of my parents had gone to, to high school or university. So my brother, he was able to go to high school. I'm the first one in my family to go to university and business school. So that was my, one of my biggest goals when I grew up. Um, and I was able to accomplish that, which was great. It was a great experience. Entering university, I didn't know what I was going to do. I, the only job I've been doing was working in a restaurant part-time. Uh, I know that when I was young, when I was 12, I was buying wholesale Christmas cards and I was knocking on doors and selling them to people in my little town in Sweden, um, just making a little bit of extra money to buy candies. But I wasn't sure what I wanted to do um, in life. And in my first year of university, I did my first internship. I was working for a bank in Sweden and it was great. It was three months uh, where I learned the art of selling on the phone to strangers. Um, and it was a great experience. Um, I wasn't good enough. So they let me go after three months. So I think that that, that hurt a lot. When you're 19 year olds, uh, that hurts a lot. Uh, but fast forward, uh, I had the opportunity to do two, to study abroad. So I, I, I studied in Shanghai for a semester and in Osaka, Japan for a semester. And those two experiences really, really changed my lives in the sense that I got so much inspiration from the people that I met, the culture that I was exposed to and the network that I was making. And for those that are, that are listening out there right now, this was pre-Airbnb, uh, pre-booking.com, um, we just got Facebook, you know, so to speak, to connect with people. So it was a great time, I think, to be a student. And once I graduated, I always wanted to go abroad because now I had the opportunity to go to China, Japan, and I was like, I'm not staying in Sweden. So I moved to Thailand, Bangkok, and I've been there before for, for, um, for traveling purposes, and I loved it. And I wanted to live in Thailand. I couldn't find a job. So what I did was... I was, look, I was looking back at what I really liked. And what I really like is soccer, so football. 
So my favorite football team is Italian, Mark. I don't know if you would like that, but Juventus, they're based out of Turin. I've been supporting them since I was eight years old. Oh, yeah. Uh, my heroes are Roberto Baggio, Del Piero. Um, but anyway, uh, in Thailand, there's a lot of factories that produce soccer jerseys. So I was going to these Adidas, Nike, all these factories, buying jerseys on wholesale and selling them on eBay or retail. And I loved it. I didn't make a lot of money, though. Uh, whooping $500 more or less per month, which covered rent, food. But I didn't have money to travel or anything. Basically, that's sort of like my what happened from when I was young to university once I graduated. Um, fast forward to when I co-founded Absolute Internship. It's just a few months uh, later. Um, so for that, we need to go back to my time in China. My roommate was an intern. And like I said, I did this sort of like internship slash job in Sweden, but it wasn't really an internship in the, in the sense where what educators to do would classify as an internship. I didn't have a mentor or anything. So I asked this roommate, I was like, what's an internship? And he was like, well, it's like a job. You're learning the, the, the job, um, you're learning the ropes and you have a mentor and my mentor is awesome. It looks good on your CV, your resume, and it's sort of like a gateway to a full-time job. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. Like a lot of people should be doing that. Fast forward to my time in Japan, I had three classmates from the US. They were looking for summer internships. Like I said earlier, this was before booking.com, before Airbnb and all of that. You couldn't really go online and book like a, a place to stay in Shanghai just for the summer and let alone find an internship. Anyway, I, I hooked these guys up. There were three of them with their internships. And I didn't think more about that. I was like, well, they will sort out their own accommodation and all of that. So now I've graduated. I'm selling my jer football jerseys, soccer jerseys on eBay. And uh, I'm watching Sopranos. It's a Friday evening. It's, again, Mark, there's that Italian connection. <laughs> I know how much you love Italy. Uh, I'm a big, big Soprano fan. But anyway, I was watching Sopranos with my partner. And it's a Friday night. And I'm like, okay, I came to think about internships again. So back then, again, guys, we had a lot of free time. You know, like we're not on our iPhones, like constantly like geeking on Instagram and stuff. So I was like, okay, let's Google summer internships. Let's see what's out there. So I found this company. We're based in the U.S. And they were organizing and selling New York internship programs. And what I, what I could see was they had 400 students each year that came to the program and paid $12,000 and all their customers from, were from the U.S. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. People need help coming to China to do an internship. I should be doing this. I could charge so much less and still make a lot of money, you know? That was the idea behind Absolute Internship. Around the same time, I've always been an avid reader because my mom always told me that, you know, mom and dad, we, don't, we didn't have an education, you know, like that something was robbed from us, you know, from like being in, a, being in genocide and all of that in Cambodia. So you need to find your mentors through your books, like just read inspirational books. So I came across this book called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you guys know it, but back then that book just came out and he spoke about remote work, the 80-20 principle, and the art of creating a company from anywhere in the world. And it came so timely with Absolute Internship. So I basically just utilized that book as a framework to, to co-found um, Absolute Internship. I love that you used 
life hack by Tim Ferriss to basically start your, that, that's awesome. That's, and I think one of the things that students, Anna and I were, have worked with students for years and years. And one of the things that they always think is that they have to have it all figured out, not only, na- not only after they graduate from college, but before. And so there's so much stress on students to figure it out. And I love, you know, when we have, we talk to somebody who the securitous route on how they actually found their path to what they love to do, yours is a perfect example. I mean, between the Sopranos, Googling, and you know, that's, you know, life works in, in interesting ways. I, I love this story. But I also think it's really cool because we often say like to kids, like, and they, I don't know if it's always true, but what did you like doing when you were younger? Or what did you find yourself naturally doing, right? And the fact that you're selling, you know, greeting cards, um, or things even as a kid, I think like kids should look for, you know, inspiration. Like, I don't know if you've ever found that with your students, Mark, but like those who play with Legos may sometimes end up in the engineering field. Um, so that's, that's such a cool story. So I guess to kick off this internship uh, talking, um, one of the things I guess, are there specific skills you think students should have before they go into an internship? So I like just wanted to add on what you said, Mark and Anna, because um, I think that's a, it's a huge, huge misconception that a lot of high school students and a lot of college students have. Is like you need to have things figured out. And I like to say that, you know, that you shouldn't have life figured out when you're 20 or 21. You know, life doesn't work like that. And my biggest advice and the way I've, and what has really worked for me is that do things that and try new things try new things all the time because when you're young that's when it's the that's when it's cool you know and like easy to try new things because you have so much time try things to see what you like and based on that you're going to figure out you're going to learn quickly what you're good at and what you actually have a passion for and that's going to help you open doors to the career path that you would want to enter um, down the down the line. I think that's an important part that you you point out. Young people don't realize they don't have the constrictions that a lot as you get older, things like mortgages, things like children, things like being married, all of those things kind of restrict some of the choices that you can make. And like you say, it if being young is the time to be courageous and brave and try something yeah. new because if you fail, it's not that expensive. <laughs> and, exactly. and you're not, exactly. you know, so now's the time. I, I totally agree. And in inter- inter- internships, I think are, are an incredible opportunity to do just that. I, I agree. And that leads me to the answer to your question on, on that internships, they don't have to be too complicated. There are millions of companies and nonprofits, charities out there. You just need to cover the basics, you know, word you know, Gmail, uh, a little bit of Excel, If it's fine if you don't, you know, um, Google Sheets or just know how to use the, the Google Drive, learn how to write formal emails, just cover the basics because if you have the drive and the passion and really want to contribute to an organization or a company, there will be an organization or company out there who's going to give you a shot for a few weeks or a few months. There will be. It's just a matter of finding that needle in the haystack, so to speak. And when you grab that opportunity, you give your best and you try to over-deliver 
on on uh, on the task that you've been that you've been giving. I love that you mentioned over delivering. Can we help students? Because that's like I think an adulting kind of word. Can we help explain what I guess over delivering means? Under promising, over delivering um, for kids that might be entering in their first internship. Yeah, I think it's a great question for that. <clears throat> that um, because we just assume that everyone understands that. For example, if your supervisor asks you to, to submit something by Friday, submit it by Wednesday. If your supervisor expects you to, okay, have this done by tomorrow and you get it done the same day, so you already had a schedule and then you say, you know what? I thought this extra research might be helpful to you. So try to put yourself in your supervisor's shoes and think, all right, I was asked to do this and I'm delivering that and I'm giving that to some my supervisor. But what else could be actually helpful to the company organization or to my supervisor? And then give that to that person. Agreed. That's, that's one thing. I've run internships in the U.S. for high school and college students. And that's one thing that I, I tell students every day is a job interview. It's one of the longest job interviews you'll ever have. The other part of that is put yourself in your manager's shoes. What would they consider to be something that they're looking for in an employee of the future? And if you can actually allow yourself to put yourself in their shoes, like you say, identify those things that would be valuable to the company and do them without being asked. And that can that 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 generates the kind of recommendation that serves for jobs, for other inter, in, internships on down the line. And I think that's one thing that a lot of students uh, they they need to understand. This is this is a long job interview. You know what? And that's what companies want. You know, like companies and people want to work with people that give them that little bit extra. You know, because if not, you're just like everyone else. So, <laughs> yeah, in the sea of sameness. <laughs> precisely, precisely. So, uh, Frederick, one of the things that I think students would really benefit from is understanding. So, they hear about internships, and you run, you actually prepare students or set them up in internships across the world. And I think for American students, when they're looking at, they limit themselves to, what do I have in my town? What do I have in my state, in the country? So if they haven't traveled abroad, the idea of traveling to a different you know, country, yet alone a different country that speaks a different language, is almost like traveling to the moon for some kids. So yeah. what, what can you tell me that would be most beneficial for U.S. students to know that would have them even consider making that courageous leap to go abroad? So I definitely hear you, Mark. Um, it's a big, big step coming from like a, a student, like from the Midwest or from, from the South to never been like maybe outside of their own state. And the way I would put it is, Imagine if you're if you're just interning in your own town and your own state or within the US, you're gonna be like everyone else. Competition for spots at competitive companies, great companies, is always high. In order to stand out, you need to have a resume that looks different. 
So imagine if you're from a little town in Georgia, if it says that you have done an internship in Japan and you are like a sophomore at university, like suddenly your CV, like your resume stands out. It's going to be on top of the employer's like stack of, of, of resumes, you know? So I think that's a big, big like thing that I think a lot of students and parents, they should be considering that that's the star that you're looking for to make your CV stand out an international internship. So I think that's one part. Another part is the cultural immersion. So if you look at the job market companies and the world, how it's like progressing now after COVID, I mean, companies, they want team members that are flexible. They want team members that are culturally aware because we're living in in a globalized world if you never left your state you never left your town you know how are you going to be able to like do business with a company in spain a company in sweden if you don't understand how international business works yes you might have studied it but you haven't actually practiced it so i think that's another important factor then of course you have the financial factor because to go to Japan, go to Sweden, go to Spain for summer to undertake an internship, it has a financial investment. It's not everyone who has that, that financial cap capability, so to speak. What you can do is, because we live in a post-COVID world, and I think it's beautiful, is that you can do an international internship remotely today. So you can be in your town in Montana or Georgia, in this example, and you can actually intern for a company in Japan Pan or Singapore and still get that experience on your CV. It's not going to be the same cultural immersion, uh, like the same experience as living in Asia for the summer, but that you're going to have that work experience, that international work experience on your resume, so to speak, that employers are looking for. So that's a much more cost-effective way that you can do and something that you can do from anywhere in the world. You don't have to be based in the US. That's a great point you raised. And actually, I was going to ask next, because you brought up international business, but there's probably, so for students that ne don't necessarily have an interest in business, um, what other fields do you think internships exist in um, that they can still, you know, take part in, even if they're not interested in business? Yeah, I mean, Anna, the world like is your oyster. You can do an internship in anything. You can do it in marine biology. You can do it in journalism. Uh, like video editing, engineering, pharmaceutical, like literally the, the world is the oyster. And again, that goes back to the discussion of what do you like? Do you like being on TikTok? Like if you're an 18 year old high school student, is that your biggest passion? There are millions of companies that are looking for a, a TikTok intern, like not even a social media intern, they're looking for a TikTok intern. I'm sure there is. And if there's not, that's something that you can propose, you know, in your cover letter. So, um, again, it could be like myself. I'm a, I love jujitsu. I don't only love soccer, jujitsu. Like I could be proposing my services as a, as an intern to write articles for a jujitsu magazine, you know, or a jujitsu tournament or a jujitsu federation, so to speak. So it goes back to what do you like, like as a starting point and based on that, create a roadmap. I, I love that you, like you identified in, in, in the story that you told earlier that you basically took a step back and asked yourself, you know, what do I like to do and started there. And one of the things that you haven't talked about, and I think is an important one, especially for me, have, I've hired 
hundreds of inter- in, uh, hundreds of uh, engineers and scientists, interns, workers, the whole bit. And you you stress a point that I think is really important that students hear, and that's how do you separate yourself from everyone else? Your point, and this is one thing that I just blows me away, is that you speak seven languages. For me, as an American, a ugly American who speaks one and a half languages, that to me is magic. And if I see that on a resume, if I see on a CV, by the time you were like 23, you were speaking five languages probably. If I see that on a CV, I'm, I'm auto, automatically drawn to that because the world is getting smaller and the more languages you speak, the more valuable you are to me. And I think students, if they want any one thing that will drive them across the border and go someplace extraordinary, is learning another language and becoming not only you know conversationally fluent, but like you said, culturally fluent, which is a whole different level of fluency. And I think if students want anything that will push them over the edge, and, and I think you're a perfect example, and I think you probably have a lot of student examples that can really show them that that sea of sameness, having the language and cultural fluency and that experience is just extraordinary. I, I agree with you 100%, Mark. You know, like I think, yes, I've had the opportunity to and uh, I've been very blessed, you know, to learn and study these languages that I know, I know now how to converse and speak in. And it has really opened up my mind, you know. Um, I really understand how French people think. I really understand how French people perceive things. I know how French people like do business. Same for Spanish, same for Chinese, you know, because I know the language, because I've been to their countries, I've been eating their food, I've been exposing myself to, to, to French people, Spanish and Chinese and etc. And I think you need to have that inner drive to get there. You know, like a lot of people, they were saying, well, Freddie, like you speak so many languages. Why? Well, you know what? My classmates, they had the opportunity to like choose and elect a third language as well in Sweden. You know, it's for free education. Yeah. Like at school, you can take French classes, German. Um, I think we had Spanish as well and French or Italian even. I just took French because I had an interest and I took French classes serious. You know, it's same in the U.S., People say, well, like we have Spanish classes, but we're not really learning Spanish. You know, they're trying to put the blame on the teacher, but you need to put in the effort. You know, if you want to learn a language, you need to actually put in the effort to 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 learn it yourself, so to speak. It's not only coming from the teachers. And I love that you both talk about how it does open because I definitely have students that are like, hey, Anna, can I drop my foreign language class this year? But I think you guys, you know, bring up a great point. It opens up the door to numerous possibilities for the future, whether it's from a personal or professional perspective. And that is definitely valuable. So for students, um, for example, who are interested in pursuing an internship, do they have to be in college or is this for high school students? And what do you, th- how, um, how would they prepare, I guess, for that process? I think for, for internships per se, they are both for high school and college students. The way they can prepare is to think how they would formulate and communicate their experiences and their profiles on a resume and then put that on a piece of paper uh, in Word. I think that's one thing that they can prepare. And then secondly, I think what they can prepare is what we said earlier. What do they like? Where does my passion lies? And that might be easier when you're a college student 
um, more difficult when you're a high school student, but nevertheless, figure out what you like. That might be, like in my case, a big martial artist, like love jujitsu or love soccer. Oh, I love business. So what's the cross there? Okay, maybe I could be interning for a sports management company or I could work maybe for a sports publication online, a sports blog, soccer blog. Maybe make a mind map on an A4 paper on like, okay, jiu-jitsu magazine, um, soccer clubs, uh, sport management firms, uh, player agents, and etc. And then create mind maps around that. All right, which are the companies and organization in my state, in my town, in my country? Um, and then look up their websites. And based on that, you already can shortlist, for example, 10 companies. And then you go back to your resume and you can actually write a cover letter that is personalized for each of these 10 companies on who you are, why you want to work for them, what you can do for them, and why you would be a good fit for them. If you can cover those, you cover the basis. What a lot of students do, though, that they fail in is that, okay, they submit all the documents and they send an email with their application, but they fail to follow up. So I think... Waiting three days, for example, to send a kind follow-up email. If they're not responding, send another follow-up. But sending, for example, three, four follow-up emails to just get that feedback from them. Like, okay, am I getting an interview? Am I not? I'm not a, they don't have a spot for me. At least you know, you know. That's, I think that's a great way to start, Anna. One of the questions that I have from a lot of students is, uh, when you are looking at internships, especially your first internship. So if we're talking about a high school student or even a college student is looking for their first internship, I let them know that they build on each other. The first one may not be that great, but the next one, you've already established some street cred. You've got recommendations. You know what you do well. You show up on time. You're, you're responsible, respectful, and clean. And if you have that as your baseline, your next internship can be much better. So what would you say to students when they're looking for that first internship? I mean, everybody wants to go right into it and have the best internship ever. And there are different levels of how much responsibility you get. So for a student who's looking for that first internship, what kind of things would you recommend that they look for? And how would they find some of that information? I think I, I really want to go back to, again, what you're interested in. It doesn't have to be something you love. For example, like your biggest dream might, to, might be to work for the New York Yankees as an intern. Or your biggest dream might be to work for CNN. Like you said, that doesn't, it might not be your first internship. But what could be a similar organization? What could be a local base, uh, baseball club? or a baseball, baseball club that is smaller, or what could be a, um, a smaller media company that's CN, like CNN, what, it could be like a blog or it could be a, a podcast company, something that is similar, so you can get exposure to that industry. So I think that's a great way to approach um, your first internship. When it comes to the tasks, um, like you said, there's various amount of tasks. Some companies, they don't give a lot of responsibilities to interns. Some do. I think it's all about give and take and getting to know your company and your supervisor, manager, 
you know, when you're an intern, you're applying, you might get accepted, you're going to start your internship. It's like a dance and they don't know you, you don't know them and you need to build trust and confidence. And the way you do it, it's like we said earlier, over delivering. It's about the basics. It's about showing up on time. If you're there, you're supposed to be there at nine, be there at 8.45, you know, um, it's about looking clean and professional. It's about being polite. Um, it's about once you have finished your task, if you have any questions, you ask questions, you ask for clarity. And you, once you have completed any task, you can ask for more work. You know, I think it goes back to the basics, Mark, um, when it comes to succeeding at your first internship. It's, it's funny you, you mentioned that. It's some, some of the, the classic statement, 90% is showing up. You know, yeah, it is you can, true. It is true. Hit that bar, show up on time or early. You know, you've you've hit the first hurdle. I also, yeah. as an engineer, I have to I have to really applaud you. You basically backwards engineered the problem. Where do I want to go? What's my dream? Okay, mm. let's see. I'm here. That's there. Yeah. What are the things I can do to help me get there? And like you said, what's a what, what's a similar experience? that would set me up for success in getting to that ultimate goal. And that's the, I, I love that answer. It's perfect. That was awesome. You, I was God, like I thinking of my own internship, like to first job route. And I was like, Oh yeah, I kind of did that too without realizing it. Um, but I think one of the things I would also call out is when you do your first internship is humility and asking mm -hmm. questions, like you said, because I think you get really nervous and you're like, oh, I should know something, right? Um, and I think like when people are explaining tasks to you, ask questions up front. You know, don't be afraid to ask and get all the information you need before you start doing the work. Um, I think that's actually incredibly responsible. Uh, and I don't, I think some teens get like, or, you know, even in college, maybe people are like, oh, am I bothering them? Does this say, does this mean I'm not smart if I ask questions? No, not at all. Um, so I would encourage people, like, if it is your first internship, definitely ask questions um, and, and be humble and, and be ready to learn. Yeah, you know Nothing what? More it's, it's, I just want to add on that, guys, that. It's true. A lot of young people, high school and college students, they're like, oh, yeah, like I'm not going to ask questions. They're going to think I'm dumb. But your manager, they, they have like so much more work experience than you. They don't expect you to understand everything. But if you say that you don't have any questions, they assume that you have everything like under control. You understand everything. So I would say like to as a future advice, like as an advice to all the young listeners out there, when you go to your internship, ask questions and don't assume. Because when you assume things, you make an ass of yourself and uh, the person in front of you. I tell students that there is nothing more beautiful than humble swagger. The idea that, <laughs> yes, you know what you can do and you are comfortable in that, but you also know there is a ton you have to learn. And knowing yeah. that balance, and like you say, you can come in with an idea and then ask, what do you think? How could I do this better? And that, that give and take of humble, humble swagger, I think is, is something internships are a great place to practice. I agree. So one of the things uh, I, I recommend that people who do an internship, there are certain things that I ask them, please, when you go in, make sure that when you leave the internship, there are a couple of things that you have. And recommendations are invaluable. 
And so building those relationships in a professional environment and building them with people who know what you can do, you're setting yourself up for a recommendation that you can take with you into the future. So it's one of the biggest takeaways. How have you seen students in many different countries, many different situations, many different uh, industries? How do you recommend that students leverage their experience to get those uh, recommendations? Uh, I think um, we're going back to the, the basics, Mark. I think one, one good way is to show up and you over deliver on the projects that you're being given. And then when it comes to asking for recommendations, we live in this beautiful world right now where your resume is public via LinkedIn because all the employers that you're going to apply for in the future, they're going to look you up. So keep your social media like tidy, organized, professional, and good looking, especially your LinkedIn. So once you add your experience, your internship experience on LinkedIn, when it's one or two weeks um, until your internship ends, it's a great way there to ask your supervisor like, hey, hey, Mark, um, my internship is coming to an end. Um, I would love, I'm currently building up my, my resume, my profile on LinkedIn. And I would really uh, appreciate if you can leave like maybe a recommendation or a few words about my performance here at my internship on LinkedIn that could really help me when I'm applying for future internships. And you know what, guys, people are kind, like people are kind. If you ask them, like, there's a very high chance people are going to do it. And it's not impolite to follow up. Let's say your supervisor didn't write your recommendation after two weeks. Send, nudge him send, or her. Like, send him just an email or a message like, hey, I know that we spoke about uh, you writing a LinkedIn recommendation or a letter recommendation, which, you know, it's... I think we're moving away from that. It depends on the industry that you're going to, but a LinkedIn recommendation. I know that you've been busy, but would really appreciate if you can write a few few lines and people would be would happy to do that, you know. I love that. I had only thought of real written recommendations like for college until you mentioned LinkedIn. And I was like, of course, you know, that will last them throughout their career. And that makes so much sense. And, you know, I think, like you said, like building that relationship Like I used to like literally show up early and always swing by and say hi to my manager as I came in for the day and just say, hey, how's it going? How was your weekend? And just something simple, smile and like a nice greeting and it builds that rapport. And so then by the end, you do feel comfortable asking for recommendation and it's not a big deal. Exactly. You know, building rapport doesn't come natural for everyone. But th- this is a little tip that, that I think a lot of young listeners and young people would appreciate. I like to, you know, when I came to my first uh, work, you know, in a bank, what I would do was I would bring like something to eat, you know, like some snacks or, or something uh, to my new colleagues. And I, I did that the first week, like, hey, guys, like I'm the new guy, like nice to meet you all. Like I brought some snacks. I left them there in the kitchen. Feel free to take them. That's a good way to build rapport, you know, if you're doing an international internship or you go into another town, um, for example, a tip that I give to, to our students at Absolute Internship is bring something that is unique from your own country. It doesn't have to be something expensive. It could be something that you eat for like $5 or it could be a souvenir. 
um, bring that, and then on the first day at your internship, hand that over to your supervisor. That's a great way to build rapport and trust and confidence. And you know what, guys? That's Chinese business etiquette 101. <laughs> and Japanese one, too. So that's how people do business, you know, on a, on a, on a high level. So, And you can yeah, bring it sure. down to your own level, you know, as an intern. Sometimes you can't do business until you establish that rapport and that relationship. Exactly. So, and which is a good business practice to do. You've, we've talked about the things you should do. And you have, I'm sure, hundreds of stories and that you've received, you know, hey, best practices, lessons learned from students who have been out there in internships. What would you say, you know, a couple, one, two or three of the things that students have shared with you, okay, I found out you don't do X, that kind of stick in your mind and you go, or things that maybe we have all done, uh, that you we should tell students who are listening, okay, these things don't do. Learn from other people's mistakes. I think um, the one first one is to... For example, if you're doing an internship like on site, say it's in your city or in another city, before your first day at your internship, do something we call like a pre-route or pre-commute. Actually drive there or cycle there. Or like the way you're going to go there, test that out first. So you know how long time is going to take you and that you know where the office door is. I failed to do that for my first banking job, you know, banking it in Japan. I was like 45 minutes late. I was so embarrassed, you know. And back then we didn't have Google Maps. Today we have Google Maps. Don't rely on Google Maps. Do that like pre, pre-route, so to speak. So I think that's a big one. Um, I think a lot of students fail on that because they assume that, you know what, here in Google Maps, this is 50 minutes, like I'm not going to fail. And well, actually, a lot of students do fail, you know, they arrive on time and employers take notice on that, you know. Um, I think another one is we said about questions earlier. I don't want to put that under the carpet because I think at least from absolute internship, the biggest feedback that we get from employers is that they always say to us, I wished, you know, our students, they were asking more questions because I assume they understood this. I understood, I assume that they understood the assignment because they didn't ask any questions. So I would say to the students, ask questions. There are no stupid questions. There's no, because when you start, nobody expects you to like know everything, you know? So I think those are two very, very big ones. Um, a third one is whenever you're sick, uh, whenever you want to take days off, do that ahead of time. Of course, if you're sick, you can't do that ahead of time, but inform your supervisor via email not via like a, a text message, which is very casual. Do that via email in a formal way uh, as quickly as possible. You know, as a student, you have like college parties and all of that. I don't know if for high school, but at least for college. Um, don't be that person who, you know, shows up at your internship hangover. Like <laughs> actually <laughs> be professional about it because it, a lot of a lot of companies have patience, but a lot of companies do not. So, I love those tips. Those are so good. Um, 
I know that there's like kids sometimes like to, I think it's a common phrase, fake it till you make it. I would also agree. Do not try to fake it until you make it like just own up. And, and, and like you said, ask questions. Um, and also, I guess this will come up because students might also be conflicted. Like if they're sick, they're like, oh, no, but I should show up. But then they're sick and they, they're like, oh, should I not show up? What would you advise on that, especially given the way the world is today? So if you're working remotely, like you might have a cold and you feel like you can work, like, you, you know, trust your own judgment. If you're going to a physical office space, if you're unsure, you know what? We go back to questions. You ask your supervisor, you say, hey, Anna, I'm not feeling very well. My mom had the flu. I think I'm starting to get the flu. My throat aches and I'm coughing a lot. I don't know if I should be coming to the office. What do you think? Is this as, it's just as easy as that. I think after this pandemic, there, there's, there's a lot more, um, I think, uh, ability to understand when somebody says, you know, I think I'm sick. I don't think I should come into the office. There's a lot more understanding about that conversation. It's now, true. I think it is true. Yes, because I, you don't want to bring the whole team down, right? <laughs> yeah. It might just yeah. be a cold for you, but if you bring the whole team down, I think that becomes a pet peeve. Exactly. <laughs> like that damn intern, you know. But it's true with air conditioning, you know, like flus and viruses, they spread really easily. So Spread the love. <laughs> yeah. So to wrap up, do you have like a good story? And then Mark, you can also ask, ask a question too, but like one of your favorite intern stories um, for better or for worse, uh, you know, that you would like to share, whether it was like a student who was really transformed through an internship or anything else. So I have this story uh, from a student from the Midwest, U.S., and um, he'd never been abroad. And he, he was coming from a, a small town in the Midwest, everyone going to the same church, everyone of the same skin color, everyone voting for the same political party, everyone basically living the same life. This student was able to go to, to Beijing, China for an internship, and I happened to be his program manager there. So he arrives, and the first day, okay, extremely overwhelmed, 15 million Chinese people, no one speaks English, There's, it's loud, it's warm, it's humid, and there's no English signs anywhere, and completely, completely overwhelmed. And I told him that, you know, in six weeks, you're going to be telling me that you, you had the best time of your life because you grew so much, you know. So I was able to witness his growth from like, okay, being this like turtle, putting the head under the, the shell. Okay, what am I actually doing here? And I remember when he left, we had this farewell dinner and we said goodbye to each other. And he said, you know what, Frederick, I have so I am so grateful for this experience because I've transformed so much and I feel I'm, I'm a better person in so much, in so many ways. And I'm like, in which way? So it was like, well, I, I feel I've obviously I've grown so much through my professional experience, through my internship, but also privately, you know, I'm approaching like street vendors. They don't speak English. I don't speak Chinese. I'm just speaking with my, my, my language, with my hands. And I'm being so immersed in the culture. I made so many Chinese friends. I made friends with my colleagues who are Chinese as well. I've learned so much about the, the local culture here, but also from other cultures, from other students that were part of the program. And I see the world in a different way. 
like I'm much more tolerant and my eyes and my mind has really, really opened up. And I, I believe that if people from my little town in the Midwest saw the world the way I see it, I'm sure the world would be a better place. And when he said that, you know, like it was a very mature comment. And this this happened like in 2017. So it's not a long time ago. Um, it made me think that it's a very important job that we do. Everyone, not only at Absolute Internship, but anyone that works with international education and sending students overseas, whether that's for internships or study abroad or for language courses, I think we do an extremely, extremely important job because we're making the world literally much more tolerant, much more educational and much more open-minded, you know? And I think in this way, we're all making the the world a better place one person at a time. And and Frederick, I I have a question that is is probably very closely related to Anna's. And that's since you work with students who have had this international experience, some of them are international students, some of them are from the U.S., wherever they come from, and they go to a place that may not be that familiar. Um, you are you do one of the things that I think is probably the most valuable and probably the most fulfilling for you, and that's the exit interview, where you get the response of what did you learn, what was valuable to you in this experience. So if you were to say there was one thing that you hear over and over again from the students that you've sent out into the world, um, what's the one thing that they come back with that you hear again and again that would have a student who's listening to this say, okay, I want that. That's that. I, I get that. What's the one thing? It's very easy, Mark. It's the people that I met. It's always like that. It's, I think, 80 to 90% of our students, they always tell me that, Mark. They said, you know what? The amazing people that I've encountered from all around the world, the cultures that they they are bringing and that they come from, and the the connections that I made, um, it has had a huge impact in my life. And I think that's something for anyone because when you're stuck in your own town, you're going to high school, you're going to college there or the city, you're stuck in your comfort zone. And you know what? In your comfort zone, nothing grows. So it's really when you step out of your comfort zone, you go far away when you're exposed to people from all around the world. I think that's where a lot of magic happens. And it it sounds underrated, like, okay, it's the people that I met, but it's not because the world is made out of people and that's how things are happening. That's how connections are made. That's how jobs are being created. That's how business partnerships happens. That's how, you know what, I'm going to Spain for the summer when you're 30 and you have somewhere to stay. Uh, That's how, you know, oh, I have a friend in Mexico. Um, now I have somewhere to go, you know, for vacation. So there's a lot of opportunities to come with that. Agreed. Uh, I couldn't agree more. That's, yep. That's the, the relationships component of that. And especially after the last two years that we've had, where I think everybody's craving, you know, human contact as much as we'd love to say, we are all introverts and we can get away with a virtual meeting. I it's don't true. think that's true. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like uh, we spoke, you said about relationship. I think it was Bill Gates and Warren Buffett who said that the biggest richness, richness you can have in life is the relationships that you have in life. So I think that that speaks volumes about the importance of it. Agreed. Love, love. This was amazing, Frederick. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Um, we had such a great time getting to know you. So how can our listeners either learn more about Absolute Internship or connect with you? Um, feel free to check out absoluteinternship.com um, or we're on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, all the social media platforms. If you want to connect with me specifically, I'm very active on Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, um, or uh, check out my podcast, Fika with Rice, if you like to, to hear uh, some amazing stories from people that I interview. Awesome. Thank you so much, Frederick. Thank you, Frederick. Thank, thank you very much, Mark and Anna. Thanks for listening to College Admissions with Mark and Anna, where we make getting into college easy and fun. Don't forget to go over to iTunes and subscribe to get updated each time we release a new episode. Also, for more helpful college admissions information, visit our website at www.collegeadmissionspodcast.com.